0: Welcome to the how to become a career coach podcast. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy helping other people? Do people keep coming to you for advice? Or maybe you keep finding yourself in career conversations. If you want to know what it really takes to become a career coach and help others pursue work they love by doing something that you love, well, then this is the podcast for you. We will be talking to experienced career coaches, exploring what it really means to be a career coach and how they were able to first get their start, the challenges they overcame and many lessons learned along the way. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. I'm the CEO and founder of Happen to Your Career and the creator of the Professional Career Coach Training and Certification.
1: Welcome to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. Now, you might have noticed that this isn't Scott Anthony Barlow. Now, my name is Philip Mianko, and I'm the Director of Student Success here at Happeneer Career. I speak with all of our students starting all of our programs, and I get to talk to everybody from all different types of backgrounds and make sure they are super successful going through any one of our particular programs. Now, in this podcast, normally, Scott is the one who's hosting, but Today, I'm stepping in because, you know, we've realized from getting lots of requests from our listeners and our and other guests that they, they haven't heard from Scott's own story. So today, the roles, you know, they're reversed. And today, Scott's actually sitting in the guest chair. So Scott, I know this is a new kind of like feeling. How does it feel to be not in the host chair, but... Now in the guest
0: chair i I kind of like it. I'm kind of enjoying it <laughs> I, I could get used to the guest seat and uh, I'm excited excited to be here in reversed roles and be able to share my story too but I it, you know before we get going on that, I, I think that people should know a little bit about you because you have your own story and you know just just to give you a little bit of background on on Philip. He actually has his own career coaching business he's become before we got the pleasure of working with him. here at happened to your career. he has uh, done quite a bit throughout his career on all different sides of the table in h r uh and leading up to him helping other people in his business so here's what uh, before we get going on my story, I'm curious you know what what really prompted you to want to become a career coach or want to be involved in this type of Business or industry are helping people in this way what was yeah, that for you
1: that's a great question, and a little bit about my story is i like you mentioned i I've touched a lot of different parts in the hr and the kind of the hiring process, so I became very interested in people's careers and especially how they how they work and the relationship and those and those types of things. So when I was thinking about what I wanted in my future career and really what I enjoy the most, I thought about Becoming an expert, but also in, uh, an expert, especially in careers, and have this dream of, like I think, so many people making that that awesome TED talk, but also going back to what I really like the most and having those conversations and those aha types of moments. So combine those to really start my own business and make that leap. But Scott's notorious. He went back to the host chair. We're gonna reverse it back again. So <laughs> for you, Scott. What did you do before before opening up happened to your career, and really before you started doing career coaching?
0: Oh my goodness, um, <laughs> I forgot that's even one of the questions that we ask on on here. And you know, for me, my story started way back when. With college because I was very much the the type of person, not to, not to go all the way back, but for a minute, it helps helps preface the what I have done over the years because it's been a lot of different things. Because in college, it really did start out as I was the person who was changing majors. I changed seven, eight, nine times and couldn't decide what I wanted to be doing, quite frankly. And then um, you know, I ended up Taking a, taking in business classes really sunk my teeth into business classes, and then noticed that hey, this is this is something I could get into. After you know, this was like major change number seven or something along those lines. After that point. I realized I had to have a business internship. So I started looking at business internships, realized my friends were coming back with all of these go get coffee and donuts, menial project type of internships and realized that I didn't want to do that. That wasn't exciting for me. That wasn't fun for me. I wanted to do something that was allowing me to get ahead, get experience, something that was going to be enjoyable. And I guess be careful what you wish for, because I came home with a small business in the in the painting industry, actually. So I, I owned a franchise of a, a painting business and that's what I did for both my for both college credit as well as my job putting me through college and bought my wife's engagement ring and everything else. So then then college ended and I didn't know that owning a business I just never had any role models you know for people that actually ran you know ran a business and that was what they did as their as their as their job is their full-time gig i just i didn't see any good role models out there so i sold the business and i accepted uh, a job that i (laughs) i had available to me and it was an opportunity that sounded really good because it was leading 20 people it was pretty well paid It, it was going to move my wife and i brand new wife and i to the portland area portland oregon and um I didn't have any other opportunities and honestly I didn't know what I'd do instead. So I sold the business, moved down to Portland, Oregon, and uh, Alyssa, my wife and I, we started our life together. And it turned out that it was terrible. <laughs> it was n- not not uh, being there with Alyssa, that part was amazing, but I didn't ever get to see her because I was working you know, 70 to 80 hour weeks. I was commuting up and down uh, I-5 uh, for 3 hours a day typically. And I gained fifty pounds. I started having what I didn't know at the time were panic attacks, where all I knew is I was like in in tears and sweating and like hyperventilating almost in my car. And thought, okay, this is uh this is new. And um, realized about a, about a year into that that I had to do something. The job was just having a huge impact on my health, huge impact on life, and. I couldn't understand like how people could you know, go and do this big kid work every single day. So I ended up going and, and deciding, okay, I got to do something, anything. I can't just continue down this road. So I ended up calling up my boss who worked in another state and telling him, hey, I don't I don't think that this is a great fit. I, I think maybe I made a mistake and you know, got it out on the table. And he asked me a few questions and tried to understand my situation. And apparently he agreed that it was not a great fit because three weeks later, he fired me. So that was a a big surprise. And um, that event led to a huge amount of things. One, as I had now moved my wife down to Portland, Oregon, away from her family and um, spent a year Getting, gaining tons of weight, and and you know, medicating through food and having panic attacks and everything else along those lines. It was it was just absolutely terrible. And I, after I, after he fired me, and after I was driving home in the rain from Portland, I realized that I could I never wanted to do this again, ever, 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 ever. ever. So, uh, at that point in time, I decided, look, I've got to figure out how to do this differently. So I made myself a promise that I was never going to do work like that again, ever. So that ended up leading to all of these other career changes. That that one really, really terrible situation led to me figuring out, hey, how do people make career changes? How do people get promotions? How do people get paid what they want? Uh, you know, how do you go from one industry to another industry? And all of these different pieces that honestly I wanted to figure out for myself because I didn't want to go back to anywhere close to that type of situation again. So I moved from... Um, operations into HR into uh, other types of uh, marketing and operations and other HR leadership positions training and development uh, talent acquisition I I made a lot of changes in lots of different industries and then one thing led to another and I kept getting promoted again and again and somewhere along the way, people started asking me how I was doing this. So that's, <laughs> that's what led up to all of the different things that I've gotten the opportunity to do over the last about 15 years.
1: So, and that, that's super interesting because it's going from painting industry to the, the job that you hated and then in, to lots of different career changes after that, It's then it makes me think too after that point, why, why career coaching next? You mentioned it, you know, you were trying to figure out these things for yourself, for yourself and asking these questions, but why for you particular career coaching was that, that next step in the first place? And really what prompted that decision?
0: (laughs) That's the question I just asked you. However, I, I think for me, and I know it's a different situation for everybody, but for me, um, I didn't set out to become a career coach at all really just did not set out to it what happened is as i had started making these changes and as i was moving from place to place and in having success in one role and then deciding that hey you know as my needs changed over the years i wanted something different so i'd move to another role or another company or another organization to an even better situation and every every single step of the way i was loving my job more and more and more and more it just kept getting better so I mentioned that I started having people coming and asking me the, for advice. People like my coworkers, my friends, some cases even my family, and they were asking like, "How how did you get a forty thousand dollars raise? Especially when it was off cycle and you know not during the normal context." And like, "How did you go from uh, you know operations into HR? Like that's not a normal switch." And so I found I was getting into all of these conversations again and again and people were saying hey i will buy you coffee if uh if you'll just like sit down and tell me how you're doing this and i uh along the way had a really good fortune to be trained as a coach by many of the organizations that i worked with and i went to a variety of coaching trainings the first one being over 15 years ago at this point and um and so that was, that was something that was present. So I'd go to coffee with them and they asked me there to tell, tell them how I did this, but I would end up asking them tons of questions about what they wanted and what they really needed. And um, that led into a really, really enjoyable interaction. And I found myself having you know 20 and then 30 and then many more of these conversations. And I decided, look, this is something I want more of. And I didn't know how to do it at the time, but I realized that this type of, of interaction and exchange is just something that was lighting me up in addition to my my job. In fact, I started to discover I liked this type of uh, interaction more than, than my job. And I just didn't know that that was possible.
1: Yeah, I think the benefit of me in- sitting in the interviewer chair and you being the interviewee is that I know a lot of these things already, and we've talked about a lot of decision, but I think one of the points too, that you mentioned is, is that decision, decision point to having these 20 to 30 to 40 conversations for you. How, at what point was it like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to make this leap. Was there to, to opening up your own business? Was there a decision that for you, that was like, okay, the spark, or was there this big thing you were scared of at the time?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. And there were two events that happened that led me down that road. Event number 1 was I uh I was working with a with a food manufacturing company, one of the one of the largest in the world. And um I was in HR leadership and the company had just rolled through a brand new safety training, safety pushes, safety uh I can't even think of what uh, what to call it at the time, but uh, that was the direction that they were taking. They wanted to be implicitly safe and I think it was the right thing for that organization. However, what came as a part of that is everybody in the organization was participating in uh, safety behavioral observations. and one of the things that I kept finding myself in this conversation as an HR leader in the organization, um, people were coming up to me and saying, hey, you can't uh you can't sprint up the stairs and i know that sounds just absolutely absurd uh one because you know i'm a grown adult and just like running as fast as i can up the stairs it's it's something that uh, as it turns out, I've been doing since I was a little kid because ever since I was eight years old, uh, I, I realized that, hey, sometimes adults just do things just because they think that they have to or need to as adults. So for my eight-year-old brain uh, at the time latched on to this, hey, running up the stairs is something that's fun. I'm going to do it forever. Like This is something that uh, that I want to do. So I made this... <laughs> You know, at eight years old, (laughs) commitment to myself that I'm just going to do it all over the place. And that type of mentality just became a part of me and a part of what I valued. And uh, as silly as it might seem to some other people, it became, um, you know, part of my identity that, hey, I'm going to do some of these things because I enjoy them. Now, you know, many years later, I had people standing in front of me telling me that, hey, you're a role model in this organization. You can't just sprint up the stairs because that's unsafe. So, that was one of the events that took place, and I started realizing, oh crap, I either need to role model this. You know, I was at like this between the rock and the hard place, and like I either need to role model this and uphold my commitment to the company in the form of my job, or uh, and and like give up that part of me that I valued, or I need to like find something new because I can't I can't honor what I value and at the same time you know uphold my job in this situation as things have changed so that was one event the same the the other thing that happened too is i was on the vp track for that organization in hr and they flew me out to omaha uh you know took me to a bunch of took me a bunch of to the ncaa finals for basketball march madness the whole thing yeah nice dinners uh, and everything else and my wife and i went over there we looked at houses And uh, all the other things that you go through when you're considering moving to another place. So we went through all that. And then we got back to Moses Lake, Washington, where we lived at the time and still live actually, and realized like we were talking about the trip and talking about the house that we were going to buy and blah, blah, blah. And then we sort of looked at each other and it's like, well, hold on, hold on. Why would we move out there to accept this role to make more money and spend a few years so that we can? come back to Moses Lake and do what we really actually want to, which is live here, live close to our family, live next to the, the lake and, and some of the things that we really want, why why would we detour that by a few years just for a little bit of extra money and uh, just to you know build up the resume? Because that's, that's what we realized that we were doing because I was on this track. And we kind of had this look and aha moment and it's like, oh, my goodness, why, why are we doing this? And we realized it was for the wrong reasons. And so then the natural next step became, well, what do I want to do instead? And I knew that I wanted to go back to owning my own business because I had fun with that in, in college and, uh, and really wanted it to be a part of my, my day-to-day reality. So it was those two event, events combined that caused me to say, I, well, what would I be doing? Oh my goodness, I'm already having all of these conversations, and people are like sending me thank you notes and offering to pay me and gift cards and everything like that. Maybe, maybe since I'm already doing this, maybe this could be something that uh, you know, pays me full time. And that's, that's how it started. That's how I started going down that track. I was already having those conversations. And I find that so many people, so many of our, our listeners are already in some aspect of of this they're already either having conversations having people come to them or just finding that they enjoy these types of interactions much like i did and that's that's really what led me down the path
1: yeah and like you mentioned already having these conversations and you had businesses in the past too so it's what makes me then interested is what for you then becomes like like the next the next step and you've you you've got all this experience but where does that that confidence piece come in and were you ever for you were were you ever looking at any qualifications to become a career coach or do do people really did you didn't need that at the time it seemed like
0: i <laughs> so a lot of folks that we we work with um are trying to figure out how to build that confidence um I'm on the opposite side i I jump in when I probably should not have confidence <laughs> and uh, so there are there are disadvantages to both sides and yeah I think nobody can everybody has to start with where they're at where I was at was at the time was I'm like I can I can do anything this is not going to be that hard and <laughs> and in my particular case I drastically underestimated what it would take for me to become a career coach not because I wasn't capable of it Um, not because, um, you know, not because it is something that is impossible or anything else along those lines. I just did not do a great job of diagnosing what I would need to learn along the way that would better prep me for that type of journey. So consequently, actually that's, you know, that to be quite honest, that's part of the reason why we created this podcast in the first place is because I drastically underestimated a whole bunch of stuff. And it led to me making tons of mistakes, tons of avoidable mistakes. And that is part of the reason why we've put together so many resources like this one, you know, many years later, uh, because I don't want people to have to make some of those same mistakes. So um my situation I found is different than uh than some other people's where I just I like, yeah, I can totally do this. No big deal. And that was, that was not, <laughs> that was not fully accurate. I may have been better prepared if I was uh, coming at it from the opposite perspective and saying, Hey, uh, I'm not quite fully confident in this area yet. Here's, here's the you know, three, four or five things that I really think that I need to learn that would better prepare me to make this journey.
1: So for you, are there any examples that come to mind of a for our listeners too, is there a big mistake that comes to mind that you're, that you made and the things that you did to overcome that or a big lesson you've learned that you can share to our listeners on how to avoid that kind of mistake?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: even limited to one, but
0: I'm, I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure. we don't have enough audio time in the world to share all of the <laughs> mistakes that I have made along the way. Um, <laughs> even just the avoidable ones. Um. And and I think that some of the biggest ones that I see impacting coaches that they don't necessarily have to make again and again uh, that I also made were I felt like I needed to have all of the appearances of success before I actually really started serving people. And as I say that out loud, like I can feel this tinge of embarrassment in my, in my, uh, I kind of feel it in my stomach a little bit. Mm. Um, but I, that was also the same thing. Like the ego driven piece of that was what caused me to go out and spend 30 plus hours trying to make my website look really, really professional. And then that's time that I could have been just having those additional conversations and coaching people and, uh, and, Helping them to the point where they wanted to become clients. So (laughs) I actually early on made a deviation from that. And, you know, I was having all these conversations. People are like, hey, how can I pay you? And then I decided, made the decision I wanted to become a career coach. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, I'd better have business cards and a website and I'd better get like a formal domain. What am I going to call this company? Oh my goodness, I'm now going to, and all of these other things that have a tendency to enter our heads. So I, Absolutely fell into that role head on. And I spent 30 hours um, trying to learn. That's how I learned WordPress, actually. Unfortunately, I, I could have spent like $200 and had somebody else just take care of my website for me or something. And it would have been so much better. Instead, I drained, you know, 30 hours initially and then many, many hours after that trying to make it just. Uh, appear as though I was really, really successful, and that was that was actually not helpful. It was counterproductive. It's something I felt like I needed to do very strongly because I was struggling to be able to make it okay to say that hey, I am a career coach. This is something that I want to do. It's something I'm doing on the side of my HR role at the time, and you know, it's something it's a way that I enjoy helping people. So all of a sudden, after I'd been doing this for a while, <laughs> I, I, I felt the need. To detour. And that was, that's something that I think most people can avoid. If I would have spent that same initial time, I probably would have had, yeah, that would have been the equivalent of um, maybe six or eight new clients that I could have, like real people in the world that I could have been helping and they could have been uh, excited to pay me to help them. But instead, I chose to spend it with WordPress. So, moral of that story is um you know we've we've since then helped many people even without websites and without uh all of the the business cards and the things that that cause the appearance of success we've helped them go in and be able to serve people and get clients and have people that are happy to pay them and um i want people to realize that you don't even need that stuff in order to create a business after you have Clients coming in, then yeah, it's absolutely okay to to build a website. And there's some ways that you can you can do it that don't take up tons and tons and tons of hours of your day uh only to have a mediocre website. But um yeah, that's that's one example. That's one of the biggest examples. Um and you know, I'm I'm curious too, Philip. You see you you get to talk to everybody coming into all of our programs and that we get the opportunity to serve through things like our professional career coaching training and certification program but uh you know what are the the other things that you see people doing or asking about what are some of those other big mistakes that you've seen along the way too
1: yeah i it comes down to a lot of how it the main question i get a lot and it it comes in many different ways but it's really how do you how do you get started in this? And really, can I actually build a life around this? I think those are the two. And I'd be curious to hear exactly how you would answer those two. Um, but those are really the two questions I get asked the most for people who are going through this big transition in, into in, in, like exactly what you're talking about, your story. They know that that's not what they want to be doing, but here's something they could possibly move into. How could that look for them? And I think when, for me in my own story, I I relate, I relate a lot to Scott, but I'm also a little bit on the, on the other side where I can tend to be a person who jumps in the deep end, but I can also be very risk averse. So for me, when I was thinking about how do I uh, look at making this into my life and how do I um, start, you know doing all the reps to become a career coach and have those conversations. I thought about it from the aspect of really answering as many of those, like it's a huge risk. And how do I answer as many of those unknowns and make them know how do I get practice now? So that in 10, 20 years ahead, I can be really become a really world-class career coach and start, start learning those lessons now. Um, so for you too, Scott, I'm curious. You mentioned, and I want to touch on this too. And I know this part about you, but I think it'd be really good for our listeners. Um, and you mentioned in your in your last uh, last sentences where you know, you were having these discussions with people, and they were asking, "Hey, how can I pay you to do this career coaching?" But really, how did you how did you start finding those those first clients that ultimately became that became paying
0: clients? You know. Um... I think for the ones that well, there's two answers to that, so the very, very first client, what I did is i I actually went and um, found some speaking opportunities, and this is part of what led me down the path. We call this inside uh, inside our training that we do. we refer to this as your your own trial by fire, which helps you move down the path and build confidence and uh, be able to deliver results in a completely different way but you have to walk through it first in some regard. So part of what my own trial by fire was was not just, you know, all the career changes and everything else, but beginning to uh identify as the type of person who could do career coaching. And and one of the first things that I did is after I said, "Hey, this is something that I really want to explore and try out." I actually went and did a uh, I took advantage of a speaking engagement. So after I made that decision and that commitment, th- Like literally a day later, this email showed up in my box from an organization that I was involved with. And they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to come and speak about careers and resumes and all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's a godsend. And so I emailed back and said, yeah, I'd love to do this. And I went and I I did that a short while later. And uh, after I was finished up at the front of the room, I'm like, oh, my goodness. This feels right. I have to figure out how to be more involved in this this type of world. And so I I ended up actually uh, doing another speaking engagement too. And afterwards, I had conversations with a couple people that are like, hey, I want to know more about what you do. And I sat down with them. And I asked them a lot of questions about what they were looking to do. They came to me saying, Hey, I want to know more about what you want to do. But I suggested, Hey, well, let's, let's have a conversation. And now I can understand more about your goals and what you're trying to do uh, in your life. And then I invited them to schedule a conversation. And after that, we had that conversation. I asked them about everything, some of their hopes and dreams. I asked them, you know, what, why is this so important to you in terms of what you want to do? and. Uh at the end of that, I said, well, here's how I can help. Here's how I can help. I think that I can help you get each of these pieces. I think I can help you make some of these decisions in your career that are really difficult uh, for you. Here's what I think it's going to take. And I <laughs> I didn't really actually know what it was going to take, but I did my best to guess and said, look, I think we need to work together over the next uh, next three months and meet every other week. And, and I quoted him a number. It was, I don't even remember exactly what it was. It was a pretty small number. It was like 600 bucks or something, but it sounded ginormous to me at the, at the time. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so then he uh, paid me and I went ahead and started setting up the, setting up the times to meet. And that was how I get my very, very first coaching client. From there, it was similar types of conversations that pivot to trying to really understand and help them and find out if that was if they were even a good fit to become a client and After that, it, you know, I would offer them the opportunity to become a client in very much that same way and explain to them and share with them how I thought I could help and how it would benefit them and then make them an offer. And that's, that's how it started for me. It was that simple. It was just through a series of conversations and trying to really understand their world and trying to help them during that conversation and then pivoting to how I might be able to help them even further. That was it. And that's one of the mistakes I think people make. We have a tendency to overcomplicate it and focus on, well, how do I sell this or how do I get them to say yes and all of these other things? And instead, it's really just about how do I help them? And how do I determine if I can further help them? And if so, being able to share that and allowing them to choose. So yeah, that was, that yeah. was a big part of it.
1: Great way to end it. That's a, I think it's a mic drop sentence right there. Um, to shift gears a little bit, let's talk about... So we talked about past, Scott, but let's, what about future or future or right now, Scott? What does, um, how has being a career coach shaped your life now?
0: Oh my goodness. Um <laughs> in ways that I couldn't even imagine. So uh we we have <laughs> number 1. Uh you know, I'm looking you look I know you can't see but I'm I'm sitting in a custom built studio in my house that we have modified for uh, for podcasting and for um Video, and I have on the wall this collection of letters that i've gotten from all kinds of clients, all kinds of people that had the opportunity to impact and touch and and actually we've run out of room. I now have a box of stuff that are collecting because i don't know where to put all of these these letters, and i'm not saying that to to brag, but i'm saying that because that is one of the one of the ways that it has shaped my life, like having the opportunity and the pleasure. And the um, responsibility of helping guide people in a way that is just so meaningful to them, and that is that is something I don't take lightly. But the other ways too, very much, it's it's given me so much freedom. My my son the other day, I've got three little kids, and actually they're not getting <laughs> they're not so little anymore. My oldest is is eleven, and um, my middle son got sick at school the other day. So I actually ended up rearranging my appointments for the afternoon, went and picked them up and then came home and we sat under the blankets and watched a Spider-Man movie while he was healing. And that was, (laughs) that was something that was not even possible with some of my previous jobs, even though I had a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom and everything like that, I would not have felt like it was okay to do that same thing. Uh, And, you know, being able to, we've, Made it a habit over the last few years to pull our kids out of school and go and live and experience another country for you know, four to six weeks and that 's something that's become a part of our our family and our life and just simply wouldn't have been possible to go and work from another country in the in the same way and uh, and allow our kids to experience what other cultures are like and and so we did that with Portugal and paris and the UK, most recently uh, last year, right about right about a year ago at this time. So yeah, all of those things have completely shaped my life. But I think that it's just been such a such a wild journey. Um, every time I encounter something new, uh, every it leads to something that I didn't think was was possible. Every time we help new people in a new way, uh, in a better way, then that leads to something that. I couldn't have imagined for my own life too so yeah those ways plus many many more
1: so and a little bit curious about that too and i'm sure our listeners are a little bit curious um can having this life and and becoming career coach are those things sustainable can it be sustainable and i think one of the questions i always had when i first started is okay but then (laughs) if it is what do I do about benefits? Did you ever have, did you ever have those types of questions?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we get. I mean, we get those questions all the all the time. I had those questions. My wife had those questions. So here's here's one of the things. Like long before you're thinking about is this sustainable? Um, if you have a partner, if you have other people that are that have a vested interest that this impacts, maybe family or anything else along those lines. One of the things that I did early on that was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and also set up everything else was I went to my, my wife at the time, as I was thinking about this, like after we had that, that moment looking at each other in the kitchen, after we got back from Omaha, Nebraska and realized that I didn't want to go on the VP track anymore. And we didn't want to move from Moses Lake, Washington after that, as I was starting to explore, well, what would I do? What, what should I do next? What do I want to do next? And realize that this was it. I went back to her and said, look, I uh, I really want to build this type of business. And she, <laughs> her first question was like, how does that earn money? <laughs> and, and then after she sort of like, you know, uh, thought about it for a second and then she shifted into supportive mode and uh, said, okay, so uh, help me understand this. But she was, she was honestly um, very afraid uh, not not necessarily of career coaching, but of moving into her own business. And part of that for her was because she had had some not so great role models in in her life that had owned their own businesses, and she had seen it not turn out very well. So two two things from that: one, if you've got other people in your life that it depends on, you have to create that foundation first. And often that is going and having a conversation and saying, look, this is something that's really important to me. I don't know exactly entirely how this is going to happen. I need to figure it out. Uh, But I want to talk to you about how we how we do this together. And uh, and that that begins to create that foundation of sustainability. After that, then it starts to make sense to figure out, hey, how does this look for you? Um, Over 90% of the people that we've helped in any way uh, with their own businesses, coaching businesses, career coaching, etc., over 90% of those people, it does not make sense for them in any way whatsoever to just jump ship and start a coaching business and go off without any kind of income coming from someplace else. Almost everybody that is building a thriving, sustainable business is doing so on the side. Uh, of something else that is providing for them, providing for their their partner, providing for their family, and doing so in a way that is sustainable, which means for many people that you're building it up to a certain amount bef- uh, that is predictable or much more predictable and uh, and recurring prior to leaving another source of income. So that is that is one of the secrets, I guess you could say, that a lot of people don't realize in how these types of things happen. And that was true for me too. It took me about almost three years, just just under three years to the day actually to earn enough um, money that uh, in revenue that my wife and I had agreed upon previously that I would not leave my job until we had X amount of dollars in the bank. For uh, savings and living funds, and then until uh, we were consistently seeing, I, I think the number was like uh, we wanted to see um, at least a hundred thousand dollars a year come in uh, in revenue. So I I could I didn't get to leave until until that happened. Period. Um, So those are the types of things that I would encourage you to think about too. That is how you make it and turn it into a sustainable business. Now, since then, we've helped many people do it faster than three years, but also people that take longer too. And um, it depends on what your goals are as well. So I share my story, but the reality is uh, people can do this more faster or, or less time, but it depends on what they really actually want and what they need and what their situation is.
1: Yeah, and I think that's super, super powerful. But as we transition to our final question, I first want to say thank you, Scott. I like that I'm sitting here in this interviewer chair, and I, I think I might be getting used to this. Role. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I really wanted to thank you for coming on to to the happy to, to happen to your career um, platform and the How to Become a Career Coach podcast and sharing your story and giving this great insight to people and i think there's lots of great things people can learn from your story but really lessons they can take for becoming a career coach and opening up your own business and how to kind of be doing it while having a family and um all and 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 doing it and doing it very successfully so thank you and i wanted to to stop and say thank you for that too
0: well thank you for being host and coming on here and doing this. obviously, I have a, a vested interest in being able to share my story with the world but uh but I am uh still very Excited for the opportunity and that we've had people ask about it because I I, we didn't originally have this in the lineup way back when when we were building this podcast and then we had people asking about it. it's like, well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for coming on and and hosting as well. Really appreciate it.
1: So the last question is if um, for people who are. We talk a lot in our, in our business and app in your career about priorities and doing things that are above the line and the most important things. So for you, what would be the most essential things someone could do right now to get their business off the ground?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think on some of the other podcasts, we've asked some of the guests a question along the lines of, you know, if I only had three months or if I only had six months, to be able to get this up and running and going and doing some of the most effective things, et cetera, then what would I do? So I'll I'll kind of pair it up in that type of context as well. Let's, Let's say that I only had three months to get going in one way or another. What would be the biggest things that I could do in three months, most impactful things? And I would say that it is really just a couple of pieces. Number one, I would initially up the foundation i would spend that first a week to two weeks really setting up that foundation having those conversations with uh with people that uh, have an impact on um i would go and try and align myself with a with a team because this very much is a marathon and not a sprint and it takes an entire team of people to be able to support you through this type of journey and do so successfully because there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And if you know that in advance, you can build out what we call uh, your plan for inevitable success. So part of that plan has to be who are you going to, who you're going to learn from, who would, you know, what uh how are you going to get mentorship how are you going to set yourself up to avoid some of the mistakes that people commonly make and when things aren't going well who are you going to reach out to who are you going to turn to is it your friends is it uh you know a family member is it um is it a another coach or a consultant is it a mentor who are those people now um for <laughs> i've realized over the course of time that not a lot of there's not a lot of resources out there particularly for career coaches and that's part of the reason that we have created the professional career coach training and certification program um and that that is something that is available to people as as that type of resource to serve that but even if you're not involved in that in any way whatsoever, you've got to piece these things together. And that's what I would be focused on in that first two weeks, um, building out that team. After that point, I would be having as many conversations as I possibly can with people that fit the fit the I profile, if you want to call it that, um, of the folks that I can serve the best be having conversations with them you know offhand uh, in the supermarket I would be having conversations as I go to my my kids' soccer games and hockey games and taekwondo and everything along those lines and then offering to help inviting them to a conversation and helping as best as I possibly can and then after they're getting a they're getting a very powerful dose of what coaching is and what it can look like and getting that immediate help, then helping them understand what it would take in order to continue to have that help. And then allowing them to say, yes, I want that, or no, I don't want that. And then uh, pivoting to another conversation about what that specifically could look like and allowing those people to either become clients or or not. And that is that is probably the way that I would if I were doing it over again, I would be having those types of conversations all of the time. And then from there, after I've brought on board um, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight clients, and then I would start focusing on how can I have people come to me. And then I I have income coming into the business and and I'm focusing on, okay, how do I make this Sustainable and how do I have people coming to find me? That's where I can then focus my attentions on marketing. And by the way, one of the one of the uh, if you want some of the insight on marketing, one of the things that we have available is our ultimate guide to building a, a career coaching business. And also, we actually have a um, a book called How to Become a Career Coach, the uh, unconventional guide to building a a thriving business, even if you don't know where to start. You can actually go to Amazon, search, become a career coach, have that pop right up. And that'll take you through some of the marketing side for after you've moved beyond that point and are building out a thriving business too. And of course, uh, if you're interested in the professional career coach and training and how that could support that too, by all means, you can... Actually, Philip's the person who you end up talking to. So you can can email Philip uh, or, you know, go to our website, uh, become a and, uh, and, uh, or happen to your career.com. And then we can, we can connect up with you and figure out the very, very best way that we can support you too.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, couldn't think of a better way to end it. So Scott, is there, um, where can people find you or where can they find out more info about you and what's going on happening in your career?
0: Well, you can, our home base for all of the sections of our business is com. You can always go over there and there's tons of resources. Uh, you can go to becomeacareercoach.com uh, and that will link you up to all of the tools that we have for career coaches and those building coaching businesses. And those are two really great resources. The Happen to Your Career podcast is a, another resource. If you haven't already listened to that, it'll give you a great insight into how to help people and get you schooled very quickly in those things coaches need to know as well. And we've even we've even actually aired a lot of coaching sessions on there too, uh, which has been tremendously helpful for new coaches. So all of those resources, but honestly, I think the very, very best way that you can reach out is just email me, email me and share with me why you're interested in becoming a career coach and where you're at, what stage you're at, uh, You know, whether you have clients already or you are just thinking about this. And then uh, we'll either me or my team will point you in the right direction and suggest a next step ranging from, hey, here's some links to additional pieces that match where you're at to... Hey, you know what? let's have a conversation. Let's get you on the phone with uh, with Philip and figure out how we can support you uh to you know any other way that we can we can be of help. So don't be afraid to do that. Scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode on how to become a career coach. Go to howtobeacareercoach.com to sign up for our 14-day email series that takes you through step-by-step everything you need to become a career coach and find out how it could be possible for you.